This is, 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 this will always, will always, be always, will always, will always, will always, will always, will always, the rear, the rear, the rear, the rear, make it, make it, make it, make it, tell me what it is, bam, It is the day after, and I ain't talking about no birth control plan B pill. The day after UFC 235, uh, just last night, Jones defended his belt against Anthony Smith, and I just want to recap it, get right into it. It was a, it was a stacked card, and, and I kind of said, um, you know, leading up to this, I felt like maybe, maybe I hadn't been paying attention that much, but it seemed like... This was kind of a underhyped card. Like there wasn't a lot of hype around it. Jones was coming off of a quick turnaround or, or doing a quick turnaround rather. Um, eight weeks out, I think, from just uh, fighting Gus for the second time. So um, you had Ben Askra making his debut. Uh, a lot of uh, a lot of great fights through and through on paper. Um, but it, it felt like they didn't really push this card that much. And I don't know why. But um, let's jump right into it, man. It's... Uh, it was it was pretty crazy. Uh, I, I guess the the fight that I would probably start with. I mean, there was some some good early prelim fights. Uh, first round TKO uh, for Edmund. I, I think he's a, a promising uh, prospect there. But um, Diego Sanchez taking on uh, Mickey Gall. Man, Diego Sanchez, that dude has been around forever, and uh, you know Mickey Gall, he's that up and comer. Um, I don't know. Uh, after seeing last night's fight, I think maybe, who knows, maybe that dude peaked already and, and this is all we're going to get. Or he's just way too green. I think he's only got like six fights under his belt. So maybe he's just, he he's a little bit too green um, and, and he'll keep evolving. I, I noticed he, he did switch up camps. Uh, he's with uh, Joe Schilling, who's an absolute fucking monster. If you haven't seen this dude fight, I would highly recommend it. Um, so I know he's working on his striking, so that's good. Um, but I don't know. He, he, uh, he came out, Mickey Gall came out afterwards, uh, after being defeated by Diego Sanchez and, and just said he kind of gassed out and, you know, he was trying to do a little too much that first round. He was coming out kind of hot, punching himself out. And then you just saw he was completely gassed. He was like falling over himself and Diego just was was pouring it on him was just smothering him like stink on shit uh wouldn't let my man get get anything any kind of movement um and then uh so so shout out to Diego Sanchez um you know he's he's one of the last of that kind of era um i think tough season 1 winner um and he he won i think i think he was a middleweight when he started out so that's kind of crazy and that dude he's he's done some crazy cuts and hasn't looked too good at the lower weights but um, I like him here. Um, he looked, he looked really, you know, he looked pretty good. He looked a little stiff actually. I was like, Ooh, I don't know on the feet, but then he just kind of imposed his will, had some good takedowns and, uh, his ground and pound was pretty good. But afterwards he was on Instagram and he posted a picture. Um, I'm, when you first looking at it, you're like, what the fuck are you doing, Diego? You know, he's kind of a crazy dude. Um, but you just, first thing I saw was his nipple and I'm like, what the fuck is he doing? And then there's like a, a mark underneath his his uh, essentially breast and or his pack there. And uh, it was a bite mark. And he was calling Mickey Gall out. And he's like, 
yeah, you, you're a dirty fighter. You bit me and you was trying to eye gouge. But, you know, real OGs don't say shit to the refs, blah, blah, blah. Uh, so that's crazy that uh, that Mickey Gall's out here biting motherfuckers and, and trying to eye gouge like it's UFC 1 out here. Um, so stop doing that shit, bro. Don't be dirty. If you're losing, just take it like a man and, and fucking keep it moving. Come back better next time. Don't bite people. Uh, that's some, that's some ho shit. So shout out to Diego Sanchez, uh, winning that match via second round TKO. Where does he go from here? Who knows? Um, you know, I, I heard in the, uh, the post fight interview with Joe Rogan saying, you know, what do you, what, what do you do next? And he's like, well, something about anti-aging, um, and that it's working good for him so far. So yeah, shout out to him. I mean, he's, he's still going strong. He, he looks physically fit. He looks young. Question is, how much more, uh, how many more of these battles and wars? This really wasn't one of them, but you think in recent memory, he's been getting rocked a lot. Uh, and you kind of notice, you know, some symptoms of the CTE, the the concussions and all that. So, um, yeah, we'll, we'll see where Diego goes from here. Mickey, I mean, he's got to go back to the drawing board and, and hopefully, uh, come back better or, or figure his life out. So we'll see what he does. Uh, next up, I was actually pretty excited about this fight. Uh, Cody Stamen, we talked about him on the show prior. And um, local boy, I'm, I'm here in Grand Rapids, Michigan. He is from Grand Rapids, Michigan. Cody Stamen um, taking on Alejandro Perez. If you saw these guys' uh, face-off, uh, you know, the the first face-off, I think, because they, they, you know, were just in their normal street clothes. They face off against one another, and then they turn to the crowd. And usually, you know, a normal person, I'll say, well, you know, just stand there with their hands down looking at the crowd, maybe crack a little smile or something. Maybe they'll put their fists up still, put the number one up, put their hand up in the air, something like that. Um, Cody was just normal, cool, calm, collected. Um, Alejandro Perez, uh, holler at your PR team, man, because I don't know what the fuck you were doing. You looked like you were on something. He was like, he put his hand up next to his like eye, and then he was like making a thumbs up with that hand and then sticking his other hand out, making the peace sign, and then he was switching, and he just looked really, really uncomfortable and not sure of himself and what to do. Like, all I kept thinking about was Will Ferrell and, and Talladega Nights. Like, what do I do with my hands? This dude did not know what to do with his fucking hands. And the best part about it was Cody Stamen is is like looking at him out of his peripherals like what are you doing bro like he didn't know what the hell to do so uh but the fight didn't disappoint man it was actually a really uh really good fight these dudes uh i think they're 135ers i like this class uh you know lower weights is kind of my dudes um just i feel like a lot more exciting fights happening there but uh cody took it uh unanimous decision so uh He's he's exciting to watch. He's an up-and-comer, um, repping Grand Rapids, Michigan. So, so shout-out again to the local boy. Um, we'll see where he goes from here, but uh, hopefully he's he's uh, walking into that you know top 10 uh, somewhere uh, around there. But uh, that was a great fight. So shout-out once again, Cody Stamen, Alejandro Perez. Next time around, just practice what to do with your hands when you're facing off to the crowd for media day and i think you'll be good uh he's a great fighter too <laughs> nothing against alejandro perez uh he looked really good um but cody was just a little bit uh, a little bit faster and and connecting uh, at will really then we had uh this is still the undercard too so already in i'm like oh hell yeah these are some good fights uh then we had uh the brazilian johnny walker which <sighs> is that his real name 
I, I really want to know if that's his real name because I love Johnny Walker. Uh, Black Label, some some good whiskey, but a Brazilian dude named Johnny Walker. I don't know, man. He he's he he actually sounds like uh, Anderson Silva. Um, and when I Google him, it says, "Did you mean Johnny J O H N N I E?" Let's see if my man has a has a Wikipedia yet. Oh, he does have a Wikipedia. Let's see what Wikipedia has to say about him. Born in '92, he's a young and yeah, he's still really young. 26, dude's all of six foot six. He's a monster, jacked. Um, been looking really impressive. Uh, I think he was on. Um, I think he was on Dana White's uh, little spinoff show. That's where they found him. But uh, once again, taking this fight on short notice uh, against. Um, let me see where I was at. Against uh, Misha Serkinov, and uh, it didn't take him long. 36 seconds, hit him with a flying knee. Uh, man, that that was sick. He's he's truly something to watch. Um, but then afterwards, of course, he's he's excited. He celebrates, and I don't know. He does some weird. I think he tried to do the worm, or I don't know what the fuck that was. But uh, whatever he did, he messed up his shoulder in in his post fight celebration. So he kind of looked like a dumbass in that regard. Um, so uh, maybe don't do that next time. Yeah, he was in the uh, contender series, Dana White's Tuesday night contender series. Um, so he's he's light heavyweight. I mean that that div- division is is uh, really starting to kind of heat up, and some new blood starting to get pumped into it. Um, and you still have kind of John Jones sitting at the throne. So uh, he's going to have some interesting bouts coming up uh, in his immediate future, but. Um, yeah, he took out Khalil Roundtree. I'm just looking up, uh, my man's Wikipedia still doesn't say anything about his name. (laughs) I was really interested to find out. Okay. So his actual name, he was born Walker Johnny Souza. Okay. I don't know if that's any better. Uh, it's kind of like, uh, Walker, uh, like why, who in Brazil is naming their kid Walker? Like where they Chuck or what's his name? Uh, Chuck Norris fans like Walker, Texas Ranger, were they whiskey fans and just trying to be kind of cute about it? I don't know, but uh, I guess that's his real name, Walker Johnny Souza. So um, shout out to that dude. That that guy is going to be interesting to watch. Uh, he's already interesting. Huge dude, really talented, mixes it up, um, you know, and he's game. He's he's taking fights on short notice. He's definitely trying to make a name for himself, but he said he he's not ready to face, you know, maybe that top 10 uh, tier level yet. And, and Dana White agrees. He's like, no, I'm not going to throw that kid to to the Wolves. Uh, we're going to, you know, give him a couple easy fights or however he said it. But basically he said we're going to give him some bums. Um, so shout out Johnny Walker, uh, both the fighter and and the whiskey. Uh, I like them both. Then the uh, for the main, uh, main event on the undercard, we had Zabit Magomed Sharapov. Man, that's all the syllables. Magomed Sharapov. Magomed Sharapov. I don't know. Other people say it better. You know, I'm not good at this shit. Uh, taking on Jeremy Stevens, the heathen. Um, this was a surprising fight for me. I, I don't know how other people felt about it, if, if they felt it was, you know, domination or what, but I could see Zabit was maybe a little more timid. He wasn't doing as, as much of the crazy shit. Um, and Stevens was was right there with him, and and uh, I think the big thing for um, maybe a lot of people with Zabit because this is at uh, 
this is at featherweight. Zabit is six one. He's he's tall for that division. Usually these featherweights are not that tall. Um, so I think a lot of fighters are going to have trouble kind of getting inside with him. Uh, but Jeremy started kind of mixing it up a little bit. He hit him with some some big shots, and uh, I think uh, Zabit was uh, was respectful of, of his power. He knew his power. Um, there was a little shove at the end of the one of the rounds, they some bad blood or something. But uh, Zabit, man, these Dagestanians, they're, they're no joke. So uh, we had uh, Zabit taking the unanimous decision from Stevens. Stevens was a little upset or, you know, trying to cause a stink thinking he, he won the fight or something, but you didn't, you didn't do enough, man. Even your, your boy, Dominic Cruz was kind of critiquing him, um, trying to, I don't know, not be as biased as possible, but it's kind of hard when your boy's fighting and he's not doing what he should be doing. I always think about that. Like if I was watching my boy fight and I'm, I'm commentating on it and I know he's doing something wrong and I'm like, why aren't you doing xyz it'd be hard for me not to be like hold on joe uh i'll be right back put the fucking headphones down run over to the corner and be like get your shit together um but obviously that's why they have cornermen and and you're not supposed to you know any random person's not supposed to run up there and tell them what to do but um maybe i I would just be sneaky about it and when jeremy came over to my side where i'm like commentating i'd talk a little bit louder like what he needs to do is and uh see if that helped him out but I like Jeremy Stevens. I, I'm actually, you know, I think Zabit is is a great talent. He's he's fun to watch. He did some Anthony Pettis style shit in that first round, kind of jumped off the cage. You saw him kind of trying to get a little loose, but then I think he got popped with a couple good hits and uh, and was like, all right, I need to just kind of fight this dude a little bit, uh, a little bit normal. But um, I don't know. I, I, I'm I'm interested to see where Zabit goes from here. Uh, I'd like to see him face some more kind of top uh, top talent trying to think in the featherweight division there's a lot going on i mean max holloway he's moving up to do the uh the 155 title with dustin poirier um who else you got featherweight oh it'd be cool to see him uh maybe stack up against uh brian t city that'd be a that'd be a dope fight i think um yeah there's featherweight has no shortage of of options it's it's a really stacked and uh and fun division so uh, we'll see where Zabit goes from here, but uh, it was a fun fight. It was cool. Um, it, it was definitely a, a good and good little end cap to that uh, to that prelim card. Um, then the main event kicked off with Pedro Munoz taking on Cody No Love Garbrandt. Uh, I definitely picked with my heart over my brain on this one. I, I kind of uh, we're starting to see a trend with Cody, unfortunately, um, and that is. Uh, he's very emotional. He's a very emotional fighter. So he's the type that when you crack him with a good shot, he's like, fuck that. I want to get that one back. And he, he tries to get into these slugfests. You saw it with him and TJ in the first time in the first fight. And then again, same shit in the second fight. And it's like, damn. And then this one, he does the same thing with, with Pedro and, and gets into this slugfest. And I'll admit it was really fun to watch. And you know, he hit Pedro with some good shots too and kind of wobbled him. But then it's that same fucking right hand uh, that gets gets Cody almost every time. Um, popped him right on the temple and he just collapsed over himself. And uh, and and uh, Pedro got the finish. Um, that, that makes three in a row for Cody. Three three losses in a row since, uh, since facing Cody, or sorry, facing uh, TJ uh, when he had the belt. So... Uh, Three fight losing streak. I, I see people saying, you know, does he get cut from here? Blah blah blah. 
I highly doubt it. I mean, you, you hear Dana even after, you know, people bring up the fact in, in the post-fight press conference saying, you know, that, that makes three in a row for, for Cody. Where does he go from here? And Dana just says, I don't know, but I, I know he's fun to watch. He's exciting. And he goes out on his shield. And, and that's kind of what it is. So Cody needs to talk with Team Alpha Male, Uriah Faber, whoever the fuck's running shit over there, and, and really consciously make a decision as to, hey, do I turn into a Diego Sanchez style fighter where I'm just going out and, and going out on my shield and just fighting until I get knocked out or they get knocked out? Or do I go about this a little more tactfully and uh, try to string together some wins, go after the belt again? He's really got to make that decision. I mean, he is still fairly young, um, so that's, I don't think, an issue, but he can't, him and his brain cannot afford to keep getting into these these slugfests with these guys um, because it's kind of been proven a little bit maybe that words got out. He doesn't have the chin he might think he does. Um, so so I was bummed. I was really bummed to, to, to watch that fight. It was fun. Uh, Pedro Munoz, you know, he looked good. He, he, he can take a shot uh, and he can give him back too. So um, he's, he's also been improving on his striking game too because um, he's Brazilian. So I'm assuming his ground game, uh, is phenomenal. Don't know too much about him, but um, he did mention that in his post-fight uh, interview with uh, with Joe. So uh, Pedro got that one. Cody, uh, we don't know where he goes from here. Maybe maybe a rematch with Dominic Cruz. Uh, you know, get Cruz back up in there, or uh, who knows? Who knows where he goes from here? But we'll see. Uh, then we had the girl fight. Uh, Walai Zhang. I don't know if I'm saying that right. Taking on Tisha Torres. This one, I, I don't know. I, you know, I like Tisha Torres. She's, uh, she's fun to watch, and she's so damn strong and just good at what she does. Um, but, but this uh, Chinese young lady, man, she, she kind of handled her. Uh, she, she looks very promising. So, um, not too much to say on that one. I, you know, I'll be honest. Uh, no, no sexism style shit here. But um, just not a huge fan of of either of these ladies. I didn't know who who Zhang was. Uh, maybe now I will, but uh, I, I definitely was picking Torres just out of name recognition. Uh, so moving on, I wanted to talk about oh man, Ben Askren, funk uh, what some funk shit. I don't know what the fuck his nickname is. Some funky Ben Funk Town or whatever. Uh, used car salesman wearing flip flops, uh, taking on Robbie Lawler. Man, I was I was really. Uh, <laughs> I'll say initially I wasn't excited, but when when they came out and I saw him, I'm like, oh shit, I actually am pretty excited for this. Um, just to see there was a lot of mystique around around Ben Askren, you know, coming from one championship and you know he's 18 and 0, I think, and he's talking all this shit. So I'm like, all right, well let's see if you know he can he can back it up. First couple seconds of the round, he he's grabbing on on that on uh, Lawler, and I'm like, ah, oh, here we go. And then all of a sudden, fucking Lawler just picks him up and just does this sweet ass like DC style slam and then just starts beating the fuck out of his face. Just, I mean, pouring it on. He looked phenomenal. And I, I don't know, I don't know why he stopped or what happened, but man, he he really was very close, I felt, to to finishing Askren. So if anything, and, and Askren kind of alluded to it in the uh, post-fight press conference, you know, that's one aspect of his his game that 
hadn't been shown yet is his kind of grit, his toughness. And he's like, I don't like to show that because that means I got to take some ass whooping, take some lumps. Um, and he definitely did. It was a, a weird position he was in. His, his uh, left wrist was kind of caught behind his back, so he couldn't even defend. Um, but then once they kind of shuffled around, he, he regained everything. Uh, weird scramble. And then he got up and had him in the, I guess they call it a bulldog choke. Um, you don't, I, I, at least I haven't seen that very often. It looked like uh, Ben Askren looked like somebody's dad out there fighting an actual fighter. Like Ben Askren to me doesn't look like a fighter. He looks like somebody's dad and he was out there and he just got beat up a little bit. And he's like, well, I'm going to get this in a, I'm going to show this young buck a, a, a powerful old man strength headlock and uh, got him in this bulldog choke. And it did, you know, I'll admit it did look like uh, Lawler's hand went went limp but then the other replays show that herb dean picks his goes to pick his hand up he's supposed to pick his hand up and let it drop if it drops he's fucking out right that's how you kind of test consciousness um in, in the octagon and he he goes to grab it and then he's i guess he's talking to every talking to him too and uh he doesn't lift it up and let it drop he he pulls it off and you can see uh, Lawler gets right back up and he's like, yo, what the fuck are you doing? So everybody's all pissed off about, about that. Uh, Herb Dean kind of fucked that up. Um, Lawler wanted to run it back. Askren really doesn't want to do that. You know, he, I guess he says he, he likes, uh, he likes Robbie Lawler. He really wasn't interested in taking the fight. I don't know if it was because he, he liked him or maybe he felt, uh, Lawler's kind of on his on his way out, and he wanted a little more name recognition. I think Lawler's still up there in the rankings. I mean, he just uh, can't remember who he just fought. I know he took some time off uh, from from when he got knocked out by Woodley. Let's take a look. I just wanted to see. I know he's got a Wikipedia, and Lawler's been around forever. All right, let's see. Who did he? Oh, no, he fought uh, Ralphie Dos Nachos. Shout out to Colby Covington, that fucking douchebag. Uh, yeah, he fought. Oh, I, damn, I forgot some of these fights. He fought Donald Cerrone and beat him after he lost to Woodley. Uh, and then fought uh, Rafael Dos Anjos and lost to him. And now he's got another loss to Ben Askren. So it's two in a row. Um, I, I think he could still do it. He looked great, you know what I mean? But um, how much more does he have in him is the question. So uh, we'll, we'll see where that takes him. I, I said it last night on Twitter. I uh, Maybe an unpopular opinion, but I'm, I'm not that impressed with Ben Askren. I think, I think the rest of the welterweight division, especially after seeing Kamari Usman fight last night, I think the rest of the welterweight division gives Askren the fucking business. I don't think that dude is as good as he thinks. I think his O is about to go sooner than he thinks. Um, and, and initially I was like, Hey man, this would be awesome to see him, uh, go up against, you know, Khabib, um, you know, cause they're both grapplers, wrestlers. But after seeing what Robbie Lawler did with ground and pound, what do you think Khabib's going to do when he gets you down? Like he's going to fucking maul you and finish you there. Uh, or not let you get up uh, as easy as as Lawler did. Um, so we'll we'll see where he goes from here. He's wanting uh, Askren's wanting the winner of 
Till and Mazdaval in London, uh, which I think is happening pretty soon. So I'm I'm actually really excited for that fight because all the lead up to it has just been two dudes that are fucking ready to buck with one another. Um, and I, I really hope that that's not all talk. I, I know on on Mazdaval's end, he's he's always he's he's probably got one of the best nicknames I feel in the UFC, the Game Bread. Uh, game Bread. He he really is game. Um, and uh, Darren Till, uh, you know, hopefully, uh, hopefully he comes out doing what he normally does and, um, that, that'll be a great fight. I, w- I wouldn't mind to see the, the winner of that take on Askren. Obviously I think it'd be, it, it's, uh, it's a bad matchup for either of them. If, if Askren plans to, you know, wrestle, wrestle fuck him. Um, but, uh, we'll see. I, I, I feel like I would like Till's chances better, a little bit better than Mazdaval's. Um, but who knows, maybe Mazdaval has been, uh, working on his takedowns defense and, and whatnot. So, um, but yeah, that was a really shitty ending. Um, according to Dana, it sounds like they are going to run it back. Uh, and, and Askren really doesn't want to, um, it would kind of suck, you know, when, when you're trying to move up and, and you beat a dude and it's not his fault, you know, it's not Askren's fault that, that Herb Dean fucked up, but, um, it would be kind of slightly demoralizing and like, fuck, I got to prepare for this dude again, like back to back. Um, if it was a close fight and like a draw, sure, those run them back. And, and you know that's your own fault because you didn't do enough to win or you couldn't do enough to win. You know, think of Woodley and, and uh, Steven Thompson when they had to run it back. That first fight was like so evenly matched and slightly boring that, yeah, you got to run that one back. Um so uh, we'll we'll see what happens. I know Askren doesn't want it, but uh, I kind of would like to move on and and see him fight someone else. Um, then we had the main event, or I'm sorry, the co-main event, which um, man, I uh, you know I, I we talk about it a lot on here that that Woodley doesn't get the respect on his name that he deserves um, because he is. He is and was a, a great welterweight champion. Uh, a lot of people were throwing out goat status, and I feel like um, I feel like everyone's a bunch of you know fourteen year old girls uh, saying they love their boyfriends. Um, it's just it's that word has become empty now. You know, goat. Everyone's a goat, or you know, it, it just has no value anymore. Like. George St. Pierre, that dude was a fucking goat. Um, you know, what he did for the sport and in the division. Um, you know, do I think Woodley was on his way to becoming one of the goats? Sure. Um, could he still possibly become a goat now? Possibly, yeah. Yeah. Um, but I, I just think that that term is is used way too, too loosely now. Um, but the fight... Uh, Woodley came out and I, I saw it right from, from the jump. He just looked, he, he looked like he was somewhere else. He didn't look like he wanted to be in that octagon. Um, and he, he critiqued himself and, and said he was very flat. Um, he said he, he, it felt like a bad dream and man, that was like the realest shit that I could ever relate to because I don't know if you guys have these fucking dreams where, you know, you see someone you don't like in your dreams and you're like, Hey man, fuck you. And then you go up to fight them and they punch you in your shit and you're like, oh, you could have hit them back and you're just, your your arm doesn't fully extend out to their face. You're just hitting air and you can't, no matter what you do, it's like someone's holding you back and you can't, you can't connect to that, that person. Um, that is some scary shit and it, it sucks. 
um, that he felt that way in, in a fight in front of millions of people. Um, but that's the fight business, you know, some, some days you're on, some days you're not. And, and last night was not one of those good days for Woodley. Um, not to take, just like Woodley said, not to take anything away from Usman. We knew what he could do. You know, he, he's been looking phenomenal against some of the top, uh, welterweights in the division, you know, how he handled, uh, Dos Anjos, uh, Damian Maya. You know, he's he's been putting in the work and it's scary because this dude, if I remember correctly, has only been doing MMA since 2012. So he's like seven years in. That's that's pretty impressive. And obviously he has the wrestling credentials behind him, um, which which he put on full display last night. And that dude's power. Um, Woodley is a strong dude, even if he's not all the way there and not able to string together a combo or some kicks. He's strong. I feel like that doesn't go away, and he was kind of getting ragdolled. Um, so that was uh, that was a pretty crazy uh, changing of guards there with uh, with Usman winning the uh, the 170 strap, and uh, it sounds like they're gonna make uh, uh, make Usman versus Colby Covington, which should be an interesting fight. I mean, there's a lot of, uh, I don't know if it's real animosity or not, but you know, Colby, he's trying to do his, uh, his fake Conor McGregor thing coming to the, the workouts, uh, leading up to the fights with his little Fisher price megaphone looking like a fucking tool. God, that dude, I don't know. I, I just, uh, his, his stick is just like so see-through. Like you can tell he's uncomfortable doing it, but he knows he has to do it or, or feels he has to do it to, I don't know, maybe get get more followers, keep his name in the headlines, get more hype about him and this, these fights coming up. Um, so who knows? But, I mean, at the end of the day, you know, seeing him fight Rafael Dos Anjos too, like when I when I watched that fight, um, he he can fight. He can back it up too. Like he, he looked really good against Dos Anjos. Uh, so... I think that'd be a great fight. Hopefully, they can make that happen. Uh, Woodley, obviously, uh, Colin, you know, he wants to run it back just based off of his uh, his track record and how many defenses he had. But yeah, Dana White, he's probably uh, somewhere right now, just happy as a pig in shit that Woodley lost it. I feel like there was a lot of animosity, and obviously, there wasn't a lot of push behind Woodley from the UFC. He felt slighted all the time. Um, so now we have, uh, you know, the first African, uh, belt holder and, and, you know, maybe that has a better ring to it and, and that'll push things. They were talking about Africa and the, the market there. Um, UFC does have like a TV deal there. So, uh, so I don't know, maybe they do some stuff in Africa now, maybe they, they branch out there, but, um, yeah, impressive win. uh, sad to see Woodley go out like that, but I think he will be back. You know, I think these fighters kind of get to a certain stage in their career. Um, maybe this could be something too. I don't know. Maybe I'm reading too much into it, but I feel like they get a little stagnant, a little complacent, and um, you know, they they just don't have that hunger in them anymore because they've kind of they've reached the pinnacle of what they've been going after. They really need to, you know, and I say this as not being a fighter myself, but just speaking in terms of motivation, you know, everybody has their own motivation. So you need to find truly what motivates you and, and make that a point to, to keep doing it for that reason. If it's your family, if it's 
personal accolades, personal achievements, um, you know, that kind of deal. You, you got to find something and it's got to be worth it because if you're just kind of going through the motions and just taking it day by day and whatever, uh, shit like what happened last night to Woodley can happen. I, I, I truly do see that maybe, maybe he lost a little bit of that fire and maybe this loss will be good for him. You know, you think of George St. Pierre, he kind of did the same thing and he, he even, he was one of the most open fighters. He was one of the first fighters to come out and admit that he was scared shitless before fighting these dudes. You know, you, you really don't think about that, but these dudes are going in and they're fighting in front of millions of people, even if they weren't, who really likes, who really enjoys fighting so much that they're never scared. You think of like the, the Diaz brothers and don't be scared, homie. I guarantee when they fight some people, they're like, you feel that, that adrenaline, that's a little bit of fear. A little bit of fear is healthy. So St. Pierre was one of the first dudes to really admit that uh, he gets scared before these fights. And, um, you know, he's human too. And he goes through these motions. And um, you think about him when he was kind of rising up. He had beat BJ Penn and Matt Hughes and all these legends. And he was an up-and-comer. Um, and then he he fought Matt Hughes. Or not Matt Hughes, I'm sorry. Um, little Guido guy. Uh, Matt Serra. That's the one. That's the Matt. Uh, he takes on Matt Sarah, and Matt Sarah absolutely just uh, just surprises him and, and beats the shit out of him. Uh, that was devastating for his career and for his mental, but he came back better than ever. He revenged that loss. He avenged that loss and um, went on to become one of the most dominant champs in the division um, or in the UFC. He was he was truly uh, a, a great mixed martial artist. Uh, I'm I'm sound, sounding like a fanboy right now. I'm I promise you I'm not the biggest GSP fan because when anytime he fought I'm like, "Oh, here we go another decision." He got to a point where he was just grinding people out, kind of boring fights and, you know, strictly outpointing them. But um but nonetheless, dude still he's in there with the best. So hopefully Woodley kind of takes a page out of his book and says, you know, yeah, this is uh this is just one of those learning experiences and now I have a fire again under my ass and that's getting the belt back, getting my belt back and doing what I set out to do. Um, Woodley, the one thing I'll say about him, man, he's, he is such a class act. Like he stuck around for the post fight interview, uh, in the cage and, and congratulated Usman and said, you know, Hey, it wasn't my night, no excuses. You know, he, he's great, blah, blah, blah. Even in the post fight conference, when they were asking questions, um, just a real class act. He he knows uh, how to carry himself as a professional, and he knows um, he knows how to take his lumps and take a defeat um, and not be a, a sore loser. So shout out to Woodley. I think he will be back. Um, also shout out to Usman, man. That that dude was uh, was really on last night. So um, sounds like we got Colby and and Usman next, which should be a good fight. Then we have the main event. With uh, Johnny Bones Jones making a quick turnaround, eight weeks since uh, dismantling Gustafson, um, and he's taking on Anthony Lionheart Smith. He was like, a, I don't know what the odds ended up being. I think he was like a uh, one to fourteen or fourteen to one underdog, whatever it is. I don't understand bet- betting. I never bet on fights. For you people that do, kudos to you. You guys have some. Uh, uh, some, some bigger balls. Uh, if you're females, you have whatever, uh, 
anatomical or, or whatever. Uh, I don't know what I'm trying to say. Anatomy. Whatever anatomy analogy. There we go. That's equivalent to having big balls. Big ovaries. I don't, I don't fucking know. Whatever. Men and women who bet on fights, you guys are fucking crazy. Because this is such a... Uh, relentless and unforgiving sport that just when you think that a person can cannot be beaten or a person has a snowball's chance in hell of beating another person, the unthinkable happens and, and upsets take place. So uh, he was a big underdog coming in. Um, you know, I said it leading up to the fight that um, – Anthony Smith wasn't anything that Jones hadn't seen before, so I, I figured he wouldn't have any issues, you know, kind of taking care of business, business per usual. And uh, once again, kind of with Woodley, Anthony Smith came out, and it was just something weird in the air. He just wasn't himself. And, you know, the super fans of, of John Jones and maybe some of the media want to read into that and be like, what is it about John Jones that does that to fighters? And he's like nothing it's it's all on me I was the one I and even John said it like in that last round he he kind of held him up against the cage and um it's up to Anthony Smith to make it a fight um Jones did what he wanted to do Anthony didn't and that's why the results came out the way they did so uh kind of an anti-climatic fight it wasn't uh wasn't too exciting there were some some instances where you felt Jones was going to finish and then he did uh Oh, I can't wait to hear all the John Bones Jones haters uh, come out for this. But um, he did like the it almost looked like a soccer kick um, while he was down. And Joe Rogan was like, whoa, was that was that a legal strike? And apparently Herb Dean said it was to the body. Um, so I don't know about that. And then, of course, the infamous knee. Um, I can I can kind of see and I don't want to side with him and have people go up in arms like I'm, I'm a uh, Jones dick rider or whatever, but I can see that he, he thought he was coming up. He thought, uh, Jones thought Smith was coming up and he was just trying to time that knee to the head perfectly. Unfortunately, Smith didn't come up and it, it was an illegal knee. Um, a lot of, a lot of fighters calling for that rule to be, it shouldn't be the fighter's decision. It should just be an automatic DQ. Um, so you think back, you know, to, John Jones's only technical loss was to Matt Hamill and he hit him with the 12 to six elbow. I can't remember in that instance. Obviously that was years ago, but I don't know if Matt Hamill said he couldn't continue. And at that point he couldn't continue because Jones was bashing his head in with legal elbows and then he hit him with one illegal. So Matt just decided, nope, I'm done. And that counted as a disqualification for Jones and, and a win for Matt Hamill. Um, so the same could have happened last night if they asked uh, Anthony Smith, hey, can you continue? And he said no, then Jones would have been disqualified. That would have been a loss. And I believe Anthony Smith would have gotten the title. Um, but shout out to him for having a, a little thing I call integrity and saying, no, I can continue. It didn't, it didn't, you know, fuck him up any, any worse than any of the other shots. Um, so... Huge shout out to him for that fact. That was uh, that was an easy way out, and he absolutely denied it and said, "No, I don't want to go out. I don't want to steal the belt. I want to take the belt. I want to earn the belt." So uh, won me over in that regard. That you know he can uh, he can just be a man about it and just say, "No, I'm not. I'm I'm gonna fight. I'm gonna do this the right way." So 
afterwards, obviously, um, you know, Anthony Smith's just talking about it and saying, I did exactly what I, I shouldn't have done. Um, and you kind of, I don't know, man, maybe there is something to this, this aura of John Jones and these, these superstars or these fighters that come out and you think they're unbeatable. The same kind of thing can be said, uh, with Conor McGregor and Eddie Alvarez. Eddie Alvarez knew what he needed to avoid to win the fight. However, when he got in there, he did exactly what he shouldn't have done. And he circled into uh, all of McGregor's power shots. So um, so maybe it is something about that person's will and, and how they impose it on the other fighter. And um, I don't know, just, just the feeling of being in there with someone like that. I think it does have some effect, whether, whether Smith wants to admit it or not. I know all these people, all these fighters, they're just men. They're just women. Um, and, and no one's invincible. Um, you know, look at Anderson Silver for, for the longest. Everyone thought, you know, who, who can beat this guy? And now it's like anybody's beating this dude. Granted, he's, he's not in his prime anymore, but think about if, if someone had the right mindset going into that fight with Silva, not taking into consideration this, this, uh, mountain of, of UFC fighters in the past that he's absolutely dismantled push that aside, go into it and just say, Hey, he's a man. He bleeds just like me. He puts his pants on one leg at a time, just like me. You know, he has a family, whatever, whatever you can do to humanize that person is only going to work in your benefit. Look at Chris Weidman. I think he went in with the perfect game plan, the perfect mindset, didn't play into his bullshit. Um, you know, his taunting and he just kept throwing and he caught him and uh, knocked him out. So, um, I do agree with Smith that that Jones can be beat. You know, when you look at Jones, you know, his striking, his boxing, it's it's not that it's not that great. His kicks are fucking phenomenal and his his output is good and um he's got, you know, pretty good wrestling. Um, you know, and he's done incredible things. Don't get me wrong, I am a John Jones fan despite all the all the drama with him. Um but he is, I agree, he is just a man. He has holes in his game. Uh, Gustafson probably came the closest, uh, definitely came the closest to beating him. But then the second fight just got destroyed. So it's going to be a crazy day. You know, I I still, it's funny. uh, I wasn't too hype about this fight, uh, this fight card leading up to it. I didn't see a lot of uh, hype around it, but I knew it was coming up and I'm like, oh, hell yeah, this is going to be a good fight. Good card. Even with that, I I didn't I I still got kind of like the butterflies, you know, like watching Jones fight, like oh shit, I hope he doesn't get knocked out, because I know Anthony Smith, he's he's got power. Um, so there there is still that fanboy in me with John Jones, maybe not as much, but um, now he's got some straight up killers in this division. Division they're talking about Tiago Santos is going to be the next uh, matchup for him, and Sa- Santos he's the type of dude. He does not give one single fuck about if he gets knocked out or if he takes an elbow or some oblique kick or whatever Jones is going to throw at him. Look at his fight with uh, Jimmy Manwa and Jan Blachowski or however you say his last name. He absolutely just chin down and just is fucking throwing to to put you out. So that's going to be uh, a crazy fight. Um, he's young. He's hungry. He's beastly. Um Jones is definitely going to have his his hands full with that one. So we'll see when they make that fight. But uh, 
outside of the fights, man, it was a weird night. It was, uh, you know, a lot of weird shit happening, stupid calls, the refs kind of fucking up. Uh, then Mark Goddard kept standing up, uh, Usman and Woodley. I, I forgot to mention that. Like when, when Usman was in like a dominant position and, and working, he was legitimately working and Goddard stepped, kept, uh, standing him up. And, and he even said some shit like, uh, come on, come on guys, this is a fight or, or let's fight or some shit like that. Insinuating that, what they were doing was boring and not good, which I'm sure the casual fans and everyone else, you know, uh, would, would probably agree to that to, to some degree saying, yeah, that was kind of boring watching it, but that's part of mixed martial arts. So it, it definitely shows that there's a lack of, of knowledge there on Mark Goddard's part. Um, as far as understanding that grappling and wrestling and ground control, all that, uh, all those things are elements that make up the world of mixed martial arts. So, uh, definitely wasn't happy to see that. That was kind of weird. Um, but, uh, outside of that, I, I did, I did kind of sense, and I don't know if you guys sense this too, with, with Joe Rogan and Dominic Cruz, there's, there's like some tension there or something. Like, uh, every time Joe says something like, oh, he, he needs to get out of this. Dom will go, oh, really? What should he do, Joe? And he's like, well, he needs to get his shoulder or what, you know, Joe will say some shit. And then Dom will be like, Oh, okay. Well, yeah, what he needs to do actually is and I'll say something completely opposite. So I think, I think there is some animosity with, uh, with Dominic Cruz maybe, uh, or, or some level of, Hey, you don't fight. Uh, so you don't know everything about this, but I would say outside of fighters, Joe Rogan is in my opinion, one of the most qualified people to talk about mixed martial arts. He's been doing it for so long, studying it. Obviously, he he trains in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu with Eddie Bravo. Um, he was Taekwondo. He has background in it. He hasn't fought, you know, that much professionally, obviously, but um, he is definitely knowledgeable about it. So uh, maybe Dom Cruz needs to calm his tits just a little bit. So, uh, but yeah, it was uh, it was a crazy night, um, crazy night of fights. Um, and now we have, uh, I think we have another card freaking coming up next week. I don't know. It's a pretty busy schedule. Um, Dana White mentioned that he's got some, uh, big announcements coming up in the, in the leading weeks. Um, some, some big shit that he claims is going to change the game. Um, so we'll see, uh, we'll see what this is, but, um, but yeah, some controversy wouldn't be a UFC event without, without some controversy. Uh, here we go. The dates for second quarter of 2019. What do we have? So yeah, April 13th, uh, they're in Atlanta for UFC 236. That's, uh, oh man, that's going to be crazy. That's with, uh, yeah, Poirier and Max Holloway. And then the other interim fight with, uh, and Gastelum. That's going to be a crazy ass card. Then, uh, let's see, April 20th, there's a UFC fight night. Not sure who's on that one. Another fight night, April 27th. Um, May, you got some more fight nights. Uh, May 11th is in Brazil for UFC 237. I don't know if they even have a, a main event for that. June, they're coming back to Chicago. That's pretty close to me. I'd like to go, but uh, I'm going to have a pretty much eight-month pregnant wife, so uh, probably won't be able to go to that one. Uh, so I'll sit at home and watch it with you guys. But, um, yeah, busy stuff, busy schedule. Uh, the ESPN deal seems to be working out pretty well. Um, it's kind of cool to be watching college basketball and then have someone throw it over to John Anik and the ESPN team for uh, uh, for UFC. So that's kind of cool. But um, 
Sorry, just reading all these fights. Yeah, that's uh, that's a busy schedule. But I'm definitely looking forward to UFC 236. Man, I can't wait to see Holloway and Poirier. I think that's going to be a really good fight. I am definitely riding with Holloway, even though I like Poirier a lot. Uh, I got to go with the blessed era. Um, I think he's uh, he's just in his prime, and, and he's just too good right now. So um, we'll see what happens, man. Uh, definitely stay tuned. Uh, the Rear Naked Truth, that's what this is. Check us out on Twitter. Check us out on Instagram. Uh, leave some comments. Uh, you know, Let us know how we're doing if you like this shit. And uh, we'll be back with uh, with another installment very soon. And always remember... This is The Rear Naked.